Welcome to the Nittany and Badger Big Ten Football Podcast. In today's episode, we discuss coaching changes, transfer portal news, and preview the Big Ten's bowl season. A lot to talk about, so let's get to it. Welcome into the Nittany Badger, a Big Ten football podcast. I'm your host, Shane London, joined as always by my co-host, Corey Hademan. How you doing tonight, Corey? Yeah, pretty good. Didn't have uh, the Badgers to let me down, so, you know, it's been good. A couple weeks without them, so. Yeah. <laughs> How's basketball going? Uh, they're all right. They'll, they'll be okay this year. Probably make the tournament, I would guess, but they're not anything special. Yeah. Penn, Penn State stinks. So somehow <laughs> they did yeah. just beat Ohio State, but Ohio State wasn't like ranked or anything, but much better record than us. But then we turn around and lose a game to Georgia Tech yesterday in, in Madison Square Garden. Um, lost in overtime, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going to be. Your coach's eye is going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, that was that's the big thing. It's gonna it's gonna be a learning curve for a bit before maybe getting back to the tournament in a couple seasons, but we'll see. It's Penn State basketball. That's what we do. We'll go to the tournament and then disappear for a decade. At least. <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, so, yeah, let's talk some football tonight, and uh, we'll start off with some coaching changes that have happened since we last talked. Um, let's start at Penn State. we got a couple new coordinators. Uh, first, uh, offensive coordinator Andy Koltenicki rep- uh, from Kansas. He replaces Mike Yersich, um, the fired Mike Yersich, um, uh, as Franklin's, I think this is his sixth offensive coordinator uh, since being at Penn State, um, fifth or sixth. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm excited for this hire because, um, first of all, everybody at Kansas did not want to, it seemed like they didn't want to lose the guy. He's He was really good out there, um, and he's followed uh, Lance Leopold basically from, I think Leopold was at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, Whitewater before. Yeah. yeah, and then he went out to Buffalo. Then he went out to Kansas, and Colton Nicky's been with him uh, pretty much the whole way. And uh, so it's a big move for for him to separate from Leopold, but uh, I think he's going to bring a really solid, interesting offense uh, scheme. It's like a multiple scheme. Uh, uses the tight ends a lot. Uses a lot of inside-outside zone runs. Um yeah, just just it fits with Penn State what they want to do, and I th- I think um, also like a little bit of trickery in there. He throws that in when he we can. He I saw one play on um, I think it was for the bloggy uh, did a breakdown of uh, some of his uh, you know some of his formations and things at Kansas and Buffalo, and I saw one play where where the he lined a. They lined up a offensive lineman in the slot as a slot receiver comes all the way over, pulls all the way to the left, and just lay, lays out a guy as they run the ball that way, and it, it got ran for like eight yards. Um, yes. It's a pretty pretty interesting formation. So he has some interesting things. I'm sure there's a base formations of things that he runs, and then he adds a little bit of sprinkle of of uh, trickery once in a while. So um, it looks a little bit better. Uh, than what Yersich was doing in the last season, but I will say that I was also excited for Yersich when he came, um, you know, three years ago, and uh, I thought the offense was moving in the right direction, uh, you know, in 2022, and then in 2023, we just got laid some eggs, uh, especially against the better competition, so. um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if he can... uh... You know, do it without Leopold there. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that Franklin has stressed, and it seems like, you know, they're on the same page, is that Franklin likes the collaboration uh, between all the coaches, and that's something that Colton Nicky talked about in his like press conference and things. He's a big collab guy, so I, I think it's going to 
you know, that's, that's one step. That's, that, that's the thing they think, you know, there's going to be a lot of communication between the coaches, but I think Franklin likes to hire guys for his coordinators to be like head coaches of the offense, head coach of the defense. And I think he's going to let Colton Nicky just do his thing, but also, you know, collab at the same time um, between all the coaches. So. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like a good hire because they turned a garbage situation in Kansas into a, uh pretty decent situation in just two seasons yeah and he was doing it with like backup quarterbacks too um out there he was using down to their second and third string guys uh this past season so um if he can do that you know with the talent at kansas you know he should have a little bit more talent up at penn state Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see another thing i've noticed in watching some of the film they do some two qb sets which uh we know with um with Bo Perbula, uh, they tried to do some of that um, in the last uh, couple weeks of the, of the season here and, and running, uh, you know, using them at the same time. Um, I was going to say Sean Clifford, but uh, uh, Drew Allar and, um, and Bo Perbula on the field at the same time. So I expect to see some more of that um, with Colton next season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the hire, but it's also cautiously optimistic because um, I also – don't want to be get too excited and then he's going to fail out there but um yeah i will we'll see what happens um i i'm well you know he can't be any worse than your usage i mean yeah. hey, <laughs> i mean he could be he could but... be it's another big 12 guy and yeah the defense is a little bit different but i i don't think big 12 defenses shouldn't be. Are, are so terrible that <laughs> um but yeah uh, so we'll so see. I wonder if it, if he for some reason if it didn't work out. I wonder how many more uh, coordinators Franklin has on his leash there. You know? Well, that's that's the thing. He knows he has to get it right here. So yeah. I think there's a lot of stock in this, and that makes that turns to the other. Um, what we just got news today is um, we got a new defensive coordinator because uh, by now everybody's probably heard Manny Diaz is off the Duke to become the next head coach there, which I will just say some words. I think it's great for Manny to get another chance. I think he's a good coach. I think we had saw that we had said that weeks ago that he was going to get another shot at, at yeah. head coach. It was most likely not going to be at Penn state for another season as defensive coordinator. Plus he was out of, uh, he was out of money from the uh, buyout from Miami. So he needed <laughs> Uh, he had, I think he had that for two seasons. Uh, mm. so, and, uh, and now uh, he's at Duke and I, I think it's a good, it's a like, it's, he won't be in the, you know, in the hot seat in, in Miami. It's the high expectations there. He's not going to have those expectations at Duke. Um, and, and so if he has a couple, you know, has a couple good seasons there at Duke, he might turn it into a bigger job. Um, afterwards, just like uh, Elko did with Texas A&M. So, um, but Manny's replacement was hired today. Uh, well, not officially. Yeah, it hasn't been made official yet, but it's pretty much all around all the news from all the beat writers and everything. Everybody's saying it is Tom Allen, uh, former Indiana coach, um, is now the next defensive coordinator at Penn State. Um, I'm a little bit more reserved in this. Um, I mean, I think Allen's an all right coach. Uh, I think he, you know, just couldn't keep the situation going at, at Indiana. He had a couple good seasons in 2019 and 2020, um, but he has some defensive coordinator uh, experience. I think he was a DC at South Florida when they were like one of the best defensive coordinators or they were one of the best defenses in the American conference the year that he was the DC yeah, there. 2015. Uh-huh. And then I think he moved on to Indiana after that. And he was a defensive coordinator there for a season before become, being promoted to head coach. Um, so he's a good, I think he'll, he's a decent hire. Um, and he fits the scheme. I think he run at Indiana. They ran a four, two, five, uh, which kind of fits, you know, he doesn't have to go, um, you know, it's not going to be a, a changing too much of the scheme or anything. I, we, we run a base 4-3, but we can run the stuff out of 4-2-5 and things like that. We do a lot. Um, 
but yeah, I'm a little bit more reserved on it because I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it's the home run that Coltonicki uh, hire was, but I, I, I think it's a, a good replacement overall. It was always going to, for Manny to have one of the best defenses in the country this year, it was always going to be a step back, no matter who Franklin hired, I think. Um, I thought he would go stay in, in-house, and um, I thought he was going to promote Anthony Pointexter, the safeties coach. Um, but I guess he really, he, when he said this past week, um, he was asked about, um, Franklin was asked about the uh, defensive coordinator position. He, he said something he values a lot, head coaching experience. And it worked before with me, and he, so he's um, got to roll the dice again with, the, with Tom Allen. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like a bad hire. And, uh, Allen was maybe a little over his head getting the head coaching job at Indiana, but his, um, well, his resume as a defensive coordinator is pretty stellar. Yeah, yeah. So going back to this, he's like another rehab project. And then, yeah. <laughs> then in a couple seasons when his, when his buyout uh, runs out from Indiana, then he'll move on to another head coaching position Yeah. Um, if he does well at, at Penn State. So um, I, I saw a lot of people were on Twitter, all the all, several Penn State fans asking, like, his fir- the first question they need to ask him in the press conferences um, was was Michael Penix short in 2020 in that <laughs> two point <laughs> conversion. <laughs> um, that would be great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll see. I, I think it's an overall good hire. It's not, I, I wouldn't call it a bad hire, but anyways, I like both of these hires. But I'm a little bit more reserved in Allen than I am in in Colton Nicky. But I think that's just because I loved Manny Diaz so much his defense yeah. uh, it was always going to be a little bit of a step back but if they don't lose you know he's going to have more talent at Penn State again you know both these coordinators are, are taking a step up talent wise recruiting wise coming in what Penn State the resources and everything compared to Kansas and Indiana so um we'll see what they can do with the more talent um so yeah other coaches around uh the conference, we got two head coaches that we'll talk about. Of course, if we're talking about Indiana, Tom Allen was fired from there, and they hired uh, Kirk Signetti from JMU uh, to replace Tom Allen. So I think that's a pretty good hire for them. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, um, I mean, he for what he did at James Madison was pretty impressive, especially when they were making their first jump over to the uh, Division One. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he. His yeah, record was, in the Sun Belt was 19 and four there, you know. So yeah. that's a pretty good, pretty good record um, in in their two years that in, in since they've jumped over to the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, so I think yeah, um, Indiana is a tough place to do much, you know, even if you're a good coach. So I guess we'll see how he handles that part of it, especially when uh, we have some of those powerhouse uh, former Pac-12 teams coming over. Yeah, season, so they're gonna have some pretty uh tough go at it early on. But I, think I mean, so. he's a good hire. I'm just not sure if Indiana was uh, definitely a, the best spot for him. Yeah, um, I did like this quote though when he was hired and he was introduced at the Indiana basketball game. Um, he told the crowd that Purdue sucks, and so does <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um but yeah, he's uh he also has um he was uh Nick Saban's recruiting coordinator in Alabama between mm. 2007 and 2010, so um anybody in the you know any kind of connection to Nick Saban, you got to have some of that experience rub off on you, right? So Yeah. I um, mean, those are some prime years for Alabama there too. Yep. So we'll we'll see how it goes for him. Uh, he's actually where he got his uh, head coaching chops though was first at Indiana University of Pennsylvania right here. So mm. um, that's my uh, wife's alma mater. Um, I think so we'll uh, Eagles coach Sirianni coached there as well. Yes, I think you're right. Um, 
So we'll see how it works out. But like, yeah, I agree with you. For Indiana, it's it's tough. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's always it's always tough to win at Indiana. They haven't had a lot of success. Um, back when Bobby Knight was running the basketball program, the football program was always in the shadows there, and it still seems it is a little bit um, yeah. compared to basketball. Yeah, I'd say Indiana made a great hire. I'm just not sure that Kurt made a great decision by picking to go to Indiana. Gotcha, yeah. For himself. Yeah. But it's a tough place. Tough place yeah. to win. It is. Um, and then the other head coach hired, uh, I think we briefly mentioned it uh, last time we talked, was uh, Oregon State head coach uh, Jonathan Smith makes the jump over to Michigan State. Um, so – Pretty good hire there, too. I think he's bringing in – I thought he brought in a transfer quarterback from Oregon State, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I don't know if it's officially either. Okay. Um, but maybe he can turn them around. Um, he was – he had – last two seasons there at Oregon State, he had an 18-7 and seven record. Um, so it was a slow build at first, but he got um, bowl games in uh, – his last three seasons, four or five and the years, four or five and six there. So he, he was there six seasons, um, brought them up from, they were a bottom of the pack 12 and at least got some respectability back at, and Corvallis. So, um, yeah. could, could be, could be a good hire. Uh, I mean, again, it's going to be tough with all these, you know, big programs coming in from the pack 12. Um, but he has experience against them, so uh, we'll see what happens there in, in uh, East Lansing. Yeah, he's going to have kind of a little bit of a rebuilding project on his hands early on there. Have to hit the portal pretty hard. But, yeah, it says he did land uh, four-star quarterback Aiden Childs from Oregon State, so he mm -hmm. brought him with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's official then that he got yeah. has him. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I think it was a, a good hire. They had to, they didn't, I, I don't think they wanted to go back and, you know, there was so many talk, so many rumors of Urban going in there and all of this. And I'm like, no, no, no retreads. And, and Urban's not, I don't think Urban's getting back. In Urban would never touch, Urban would only sign on to walk into like a turnkey national championship team. Oh yeah. He doesn't want to go through what they're going through. Yeah, and even even if Urban returns, I don't know if he's ever going to return uh, to coaching. Yeah, I don't see a reason for him to, but with those kind of guys, you just never know. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. If he does get back into coaching, it's going to be like, oh, Saban retires. Let's just yeah. go down to <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> or uh, Sark is back hitting the bottle. Let's walk into Texas. <laughs> But yeah, it, it'll be some time before Michigan State. But Jonathan Smith has that experience, so he might be able to get them back to respectability. The Spartans are mm -hmm. not that far removed from it. Um, no. So they can get back there. Um, but yeah, that was the major coaching changes. I, I mean, there's been some other assistants and things, but I just wanted to hit up Penn State and then the two head coaches uh, going on in the league. So last year we talked a more about all the coaching changes at Wisconsin, but you guys aren't going to have that this year. I don't think you guys lost anybody. Did you? Uh, we lost a wide receivers coach to Notre Dame, but, uh, okay. With how bad our wide receivers were, it seems like a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Did you hire anybody yet for that position? Not that I heard. No. All right. Um, but yeah, let's talk, uh, Wisconsin a little bit here. We'll talk about what's been going on in the portal. Uh, the Badgers got uh, transferring QB Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. So, what are your thoughts on that transfer? I mean, it's not a it's not a real flashy name where you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a success. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he did look good in what was it 2021? He looked pretty good in Miami last season. He got benched on a couple occasions, which is not not ideal. But, I mean, I don't know. I kind of thought I, I liked what we saw a little bit from Locke, so I'm not totally surprised, but hopefully they don't just hand this guy the 
starting job. Hopefully, uh, he has to show that he is better than Locke and the other guys that we have. So I guess we'll see how that works out. But I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about it. I, the guy can throw. I mean, you know, he has a good arm. He's good size. A little iffy about his running. He doesn't really have the legs like Mordecai even did. So that seemed to have been a big part of our offense last season and bailed us out on numerous occasions. So if you can't do that, it might suck for us. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he comes in and earns a starting job, I think we should be all right. Um, does he have more than one year of eligibility left? I didn't. I don't know if I read that. I don't think so. I'd have to check, but uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know how up to date this thing says he's a junior, but I don't know if that's right. It's hard, and with the COVID years, yeah, people still getting COVID years. It's hard to say how many. I I don't know how long it's gonna take to flush all of those COVID years out of this. Yeah, probably gonna be another two or three, I would guess, before yeah. all that happens. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I think we had talked before they were going to have to go probably – they were probably going to reach into the portal for a QB. Um, yeah. And, uh, they I was got hoping one. it was going to be a bigger splash than this one, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, he could – I mean, if they start opening up the playbook, I, would, I don't think we could consider what Wisconsin did this year, air raid. Um, no. So I, I, I think um, – I think if they if he starts to turn on you know if they start to actually run that a little bit more he might fit into that offense and go back to his closer to his statistics that he had in 2021. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he had a different offensive coordinator like every season. And that okay. that one from 2021, I don't know the guy's name offhand, but uh that was a lot closer to the air raid style than uh, the next two after that. Yeah. But yeah, he does have only one year of eligibility remaining. Okay. Well, maybe, yeah. I, I definitely think it should be an open competition, though. I agree with yeah. you there. You can't I mean, just... Locke was thrown into a really crappy spot. And, yeah, he didn't look great, but I thought he looked all right. He mm -hmm. looked like he had some promise. Yeah. And I'd hate to, like, this guy comes in for one year and then, you know, drives any of those younger guys to transfer before we get to actually see what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there will be, I think there is another transfer portal window after the spring. So there's, it's a possibility if they don't, you know, if he, if this guy comes in there and wows everybody and um, he gets the job, it's hard, you know, somebody might transfer out after the spring yeah. practice. So, um, which I'll be okay with if he was everyone. And if he looks really good, you know, I'll I'll be more accepting of it. If yeah. he ends up sucking, then I'll be pretty pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to also talk about what is going on at Ohio State. I think they had like twenty some players in the portal at some point. It just everybody's is leaving. Um, today the news came down that Kyle McCord, uh, after flirting with Nebraska, uh, is now transferring to Syracuse, which, I mean, that's a little bit of a step down, I would I would imagine. <laughs> saw, saw Tommy DeVito or whatever, the Giants, former Syracuse quarterback, and he won some of that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I mean, Ohio State's going to be a shell in, of itself in, in the bowl game. Um, yeah. I heard that McCord decided to transfer because they wouldn't guarantee him the starting spot for next season. Yeah, that's that's the talk that Ryan Day wouldn't guarantee anything, and so and then his dad has been very vocal about it. Um, so he up and left, and I think I also heard that because Kyle McCord's dad was so vocal, it also kind of turned off um, Matt Rule in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's why 
He also didn't end up in Nebraska. Um, but Syracuse has a new head coach. Um, so we'll see how things work out there for him. Yeah, it just seems foolish to me at this point to be transferred. Like, I mean, if you're actually good enough, which he seemed pretty good at Ohio State, so I guess he could go to a lot of schools. But to transfer out of the Big Ten or the SEC at this point just seems kind of stupid. Yeah, into yeah, because he's got a couple more seasons of eligibility. Yeah. And he's going to a program that I don't believe is going to be competing for an ACC championship anytime soon. And the ACC's tenure is very tenuous right now. Yeah. Um, I'd stay as far away from any school outside of those two big conferences just because you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt even for the 12-team playoff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've already seen them keep out a undefeated Florida State team yeah. and a Ford team. Um, and we looked at the – didn't I bring it up last time? Like there was a ranking, like the top fifteen teams. There's only like there was only one or two teams in that top fifteen yeah. ranking that was like outside of those two major conferences starting next yeah. year. So yeah, it's it's gonna be um, it's interesting that he transferred there, but maybe he'll find some success. He wasn't a terrible quarterback at Ohio State, but he wasn't the typical Ohio State quarterback you know what i mean like lighten up the numbers yeah. and everything so that's why a lot of people just didn't you know fall in love with him like they normally yeah. do with the buckeyes um but yeah everybody's leaving ohio i mean there, he's he was the one of the major pieces but there's a lot of guys leaving penn uh ohio state um julian Fe fleming is another one uh his name has been thrown around and linked to penn state because he was originally committed to penn state and he's from, um, he might end up coming back. Uh, that that's the rumor right now. Uh, we could use yeah, receivers, I mean, but I would like, I would like more, I would like more than just one receiver. We need multiple receivers. Yeah. Um, and but, I mean, he was, he was all right, but, uh, compared to the top guys on the Buckeyes, I wouldn't really say he was like a real game changer. Well, yeah. And he, you know, when you're behind Marvin Harrison, <laughs> so you're not going to stand out there, but, um, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Ohio state. Um, they're going to need some retooling definitely because they were losing a lot of guys out of the, out of there. All right, let's get to some bowl talk. Uh, we're going to hit up all the big 10 games. Um, so let's start with the non, uh, New Year's six bowl games. We're just going to go in order the like chronological order. Um, so we'll start with the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, Saturday, December 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Northwestern takes on Utah. The Utes are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, but the Utes also have a ton of players in the transfer portal, um, and, and Northwestern doesn't have as many. Um, so, Corey, I'll let you start. Uh, what do you think on this one, and who's go who's going to win here? Um, yeah, I think uh, this SRS, uh, whatever you want to call it, is kind <laughs> of a letdown for Utah, first of all. So I don't think they're going to be up for it in the same way that Northwestern is. Northwestern, if you could have told them at the beginning of the season that they're going to make a bowl game, even if it was this one, they would have jumped all over that because things were looking pretty dismal at the beginning of the season. So they pulled out a pretty good season, and I think I only see well, maybe two players that aren't going to play in the game. Um, so for Northwestern and a whole bunch for Utah. So I'm going to go with Northwestern here. Um, as far as the score goes... I guess Utah is a six-and-a-half-point favorite I'm seeing, but I don't like that at all. So I'll go Northwestern, 28, Utah, 21. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, when it comes to bowl games, it's all about motivation. 
and uh, Utah is just ready for the season to end. Uh, this is definitely a step down from their Rose Bowl appearances the last couple seasons. Um, they finished eight and four, Northwestern seven and five, but that you know nobody thought what Northwestern was going to win more than two games. One. <laughs> yeah, one, I mean they won one game in 2022, and I mean with everything that happened with Fitzkin fired and yeah everybody uh, nobody expected them to. Uh, go seven and five and get a bowl game. So they want to be there. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'm going Northwestern as well. Would you say 28, 21? Yeah. Um, I will go Northwestern. I'll go a little bit less. I'll go 24, 20 uh, Northwestern. But yeah, I definitely see them uh, winning this game. Just, just all motivation alone of being there. Yeah. Wanting to be there. It just has a yeah, just a total letdown spot for uh, Utah, who probably had fairly high hopes coming into the season after yeah. a pretty successful previous year. Yep. Um, yeah, but then Rising didn't play all season, and um, they just weren't the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the way, I am writing down because I think last year I ended up winning the bowl season, so we'll see how we do this year. Uh, yeah, because you're the one writing it down. So <laughs> you no think I'm cheating? Double check it, man. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Oh, I'm writing it down too, and uh, by my oh. records, I won the last year, so you know. Oh, okay, gotcha. Going to Trump, <laughs> the Trump method. Um. All right. So the next game is the Quick Lane Bowl. This is on Tuesday, December 26th at 2 p.m., the day after Christmas. Corey, I know you're excited for this one. Minnesota uh, taking on Bowling Green. Minnesota is three-and-a-half-point favorites. <laughs> Minnesota, what did you say? P.J. Fleck has to personally pay out of his own paycheck to their only quarterback on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was kind of joking about him, but I think they've offered him something like from a nil or something to stick. Yeah, I think it's like thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy's played six snaps ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He couldn't beat out Ethan Kaliak Manis, so uh, that should tell you something right there. Mm-hmm. But there is zero chance Minnesota wins this game. No. There's no way Minnesota wins this game. I mean, Bowling Green is, it does say that uh, their first team all-Mac cornerback and their uh, leading receiver are not going to play. Who's actually running back. I don't know how that works, but those guys are transferring. So they will be down a couple guys, but still, no chance. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Cole Kramer. Six snaps will start. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's also, we don't know yet, um, running back Darius Taylor, his his uh, status for this game, his injury status. And there's also probably um, Tyler Newbin's going to probably sit out for this one too. Um, he's probably going to, you know, go to the NFL. I, I haven't, I, I tried reading about that and I haven't heard any news on him. But I would imagine he's not going to play in this game when they're fighting. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, there's there's no point. Um, so yeah, I, I see Bowling Green winning this one all the way. Um, I'll pick this time first, and I'd say Bowling Green wins. Uh, I don't know how good their offense is. Hmm. I'll go a lower scoring game here. I'll go Bowling Green 20, Minnesota 13. Yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be low scoring. I'd be surprised if Minnesota attempts more than like eight passes the whole game. <laughs> yeah. The way that Fleck usually handles the shitty quarterback situation. But um, yeah, I'll go Bowling Green. Uh, I think it's going to be. Really ugly uh, Iowa-esque type game here. I'll go Bowling Green 13, Minnesota 6. Oof. And, yeah. 
currently won't be watching 2 p.m. the day after Christmas. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> that's not that's not really a good time slot either. This one's a skippable match. I'm I'm more likely to watch that Las Vegas bowl game, you know, yeah, I mean, on the twenty third. These are the exact bowls that I was worried that we were gonna get stuck in and like, yeah. had to deal with. So yeah, these are terrible games. Minnesota's only there because of um they didn't have enough eligible teams. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on December 20, Thursday, December 28th at 2.15, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers versus Miami. Um, the Hurricanes are a slight favorite in this one. I think they were one and a half last time I checked, one and a half point favorite. I'm trying to get there. Here it is. Yeah, yeah now that's one. Now down to one point favorite Miami. Really, just a push at this point. Yeah, I mean Miami does have obviously Tyler Van Dyke transferred, but uh, they do have quite a list of guys who are not gonna play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and Colby, I was looking at Colby Young actually took a visit to Penn State this weekend. Mm. So, like I said, I, we need more receivers, so I'll I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> Um, so I guess I'll go first on this one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they have a few opt-outs as well that aren't going to play three or four. Um, I'll go with Rutgers, I guess. Not a big fan of having to pick Rutgers, but I'm Gone with the underdog every game so far. I don't know if I like that trend, but <laughs> go with Rutgers. They'll score some. Miami will probably score a little bit, but go with Rutgers 24, Miami 17. Yeah. Um, I think Rutgers will be motivated to be there. Um, it's their first bowl game with a uh, you know, I think they were in a bowl too. They were a bowl replacement uh, team for COVID in 2021 when they were five and seven team. Um, so that they'll probably be excited to be there. Uh, they had a pretty good season. Yeah, they lost four games down the stretch, um, but they, you know, did enough to get to bowl eligibility. And the only thing I've seen of Miami this year that I got to watch was them failing against Georgia Tech when they totally blew that game oh, yeah. at the end. So I'm going to go Rutgers as well. Uh, I like their defense, too. I, I think they play, have played pretty good defense, and they're kind of on, you know, they're in their home territory up in New York. So, um, yeah, I'll go Rutgers in this one, 23 uh Miami 17. How much what did, what did you say? Did you say that same score? No, I think I said 24 17. Okay. Uh, I remember. <laughs> already. <laughs> I already forgot. Yeah. It's and a Rutgers game. I did not didn't put too much uh, effort into it. Yeah, and I think I said Rutgers 23 Miami 17. Okay. Um and now we get to TransPerfect Music City Bowl, Saturday, December 30th at 2 p.m. Maryland against Auburn. The Tigers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I'm checking that again. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, they're still two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, both teams have a lot of players in the uh, transferring out. Yeah, this is one of those games where it's going to be like two completely different teams from what they played the season with. Although it does look like, at least from the information I'm getting, I guess uh, head coach Mike Loxley said it is his understanding that Talia Tagovailoa will play. So Yeah. That's, that's the only way I'm giving Maryland a chance in this game. Yeah. Um, 
not that I think Auburn is that great of a team either, uh, but they were, you know, they blew a, they should have beat, they should have beat Alabama. Um, <laughs> boy, everybody knows by now them blowing that fourth and 30 uh, play on. <laughs> um, can't do that, but yeah, Auburn was six and six on the year. Maryland was seven and five. What do you think, Corey? I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. I don't like these ones where teams are so different. Makes it really tough. I'm going to go. I've been going with uh, too many underdogs, so I'm going to go with Auburn here. Okay. I don't really like it, but I'll do it. And I'll go 31-27. I think it'll be close. Just don't know if Maryland's defense is going to be good enough to win them the game. Yeah, I like Maryland simply because Talia. I think he's going to go out with the win. Um, he'll throw an interception, as he usually does throw. Uh, he he does turn over the ball at least once a game, it seems. But he'll get three touchdown passes, and uh, he'll win the game for him. Uh, I will go. Maryland, 30, Auburn, 24. First time we're differing here. Yeah, it's going to be the one that no, – I'm just going to copy the rest of your picks, and this is going to be the game that decides it. <laughs> this game. We picked the Music City Bowl <laughs> to be that deciding game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now let's get to some January 1st bowl games. Uh, start with yours, Corey. Um, January 1st at noon, the ReliQuest Bowl. Wisconsin against LSU. The Tigers are a eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, so, yeah, talk us through it. I don't even know how you put a line in this game or anything. I mean... On the one website, I'm not seeing that many opt-outs, but on the other, it's like telling me Jaden Daniels is probably not going to play. It all depends on him. If he plays, we're toast. If he doesn't, then I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I'll still, uh, without DK, Bell, Braylon Allen, a couple linemen, that doesn't look good for us. So I will... Guess we'll probably lose this game. Um, as for the score, that's going to be a tough one because I don't know exactly which LSU offense is going to show up. But we'll assume if Jaden Daniels plays, it'll probably be a blowout. It'll be like something like 42 to 17. <laughs> Is that go, is that your prediction? If yeah, I mean right now out. we we know Jaden Daniels is right now as of right now he's playing. Yeah, but, so so I have to go by. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. But yeah, I don't know. He's not going to play yet, so I'm going to have to pick the for the worst. Yeah, uh, the only way you have a chance is if he doesn't play. And you guys just have so many guys out. Um, mm. I mean, at least it's a decent bowl. Um, yeah, you're not playing one of those day after Christmas bowl games at three o'clock or whatever, two o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it's like a perfect nursing hangover bowl game. Exactly. Um, but yeah, with with Daniels playing, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, pretty. Um, so yeah, I'll go LSU as well, and I will pick them winning 45 to 20. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I, I, I might be being too generous there with the Badgers, too. I don't know how <laughs> they get 20 with without Braylon Allen, DK, Scott yeah, I mean, Bell. Without <laughs> Allen... Previous uh, games that we've played without him, we have not really found the end zone at all. 
Yeah, as this says right here, the Badgers could be very thin at the skill positions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it could be tough sledding for them. Um, let's get to the last Big Ten uh, non-New Year's Six Bowl game. Now you're looking forward to this one, Corey. Mm. Cheese at Citrus Bowl, Iowa, Tennessee. Who do you think wins this one? Do they win one for Brian? Uh, let me see who's playing here for uh, Tennessee. I'm not seeing enough opt-outs for Tennessee to really have much faith in Iowa. Tennessee is a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, I don't think they win one for Brian. I think <laughs> Iowa will probably lose this game. As for watching it, it'll be horrible. Well, at least you don't have to because it overlaps. You yeah. Might, you might flip over like at the end or something because there is an hour difference. There, yeah, or maybe but... during commercial or something. But <laughs> yeah, it's saying Cooper DeJean probably isn't going to play either. Well, he was. I mean, he was. I, I think his injury cost him the rest of the year. He wouldn't have been back anyway. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Tennessee here. Uh go seventeen to six. Yeah, I will um, No, they they can't. Offensively they're just terrible. I don't even care. I mean they'll have a they've had a month to prepare for it and it's still gonna be <laughs> the same garbage that we saw for all twelve games this past season. Yeah, if they're if they're trying Deacon Hill out there, he hasn't suddenly gotten better. So no. um Yeah, I'll go Iowa gets four field goals, so we're gonna go Iowa with twelve, but Tennessee gets twenty four doubles them. Yeah, I just I just don't see Iowa putting up uh, any touchdowns in this. If they had Cooper DeJean, they could maybe rely on a pick six or yeah, punt return yeah, for a touchdown. They'd have a better chance, but yeah, still not great. All right, so let's get over to our uh, New York Six Bowl games for this year. Let's start off with the Capital One Orange Bowl. Is that Georgia. even happening? Apparently it is still, but okay. yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Florida State doesn't want to be there. Yeah, my screen's not even big enough to look at all the uh, opt-outs just for one team without scrolling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody's out of it for Georgia, <laughs> it seems, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... yeah. I don't even think we announced the teams at Georgia, Florida State. <laughs> Georgia, Florida State, the Bulldogs are a 14-point favorite. Um, yeah, I'll go first this time. I mean, Florida State wouldn't. Yeah, I'd like to say they want to prove something, win the game, go 14 and 0, declare themselves national champions. Uh, you know, aka the. Like, I'd support um, it. Yeah. UCF did. I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, Georgia has a ton of opt-outs. Um, or a ton, ton of guys in the portal. Um, not much. I don't know. Brock Bowers, it says that he could be a potential opt-out. I haven't heard anything official on that. I think he's play. He probably won't this play. This doesn't make sense, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, especially since he's our, you know, he had that injury that cost him, what, three or four games this season? Yeah. Um, so he doesn't want to risk that. For he him. wasn't real stellar and injury wise in that Alabama in game the SEC either. yeah in the SEC title game yeah okay. um but I, yeah I'll say I'll, I'll go Georgia um the Florida State yeah I mean they could either it can either go one direction you know one or two directions they can either be highly motivated and they will pull out all the stops they are going to have that backup quarterback um I assume he'll be starting um, yeah, but Tate Rademacher. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see um, 
them being able to keep up with Georgia here, no matter how many opt-outs and uh, people in the portal Georgia has. Uh, so I will go Georgia 31, Florida State 17. Yeah, I would agree. To me, it just becomes a battle of the backups, and Georgia is a much deeper team than Florida State. Just uh, probably have five-star guys warm in the bench there. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with Georgia. I think it's going to be ugly. It's just going to be a lot of ugly play, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of blown assignments and things on both sides of the ball, both teams. So I'm going to go low scoring. I'll go Georgia 21, Florida State. I'll give them 17. Did you say Georgia 21? Yeah. And uh, Florida State 17. Okay. I think it's going to be an ugly game, which is unfortunate because they're two of probably two of the four or five best teams when they're both at full strength. Yeah, absolutely. If these teams were playing, if this was a playoff game, um, it'd be really interesting at full strength. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. skeletons of what they were. Yeah, that's the tough thing calling these bowl games. It, it's really difficult. Um, you get so many opt-outs these days and people heading for the hills in the transfer portal. Yeah, Georgia is a 14-point favorite, which yeah. seems high. But... Yeah, I, I, I put them at 14 points, 31-17. Um, so, yeah, let's get over to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, that's uh, the same night as the Orange Bowl. That will be the Orange Bowl was at December 29th at 4 p.m. This Cotton Bowl will be December 29th at 8 p.m. It's Ohio State against Missouri. The Tigers are a two and a half point favorite. That's probably because all the opt-outs from uh, Ohio State and all the transfer portal guys in the transfer portal that won't play. Um, I mean, Missouri's a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them, but. Um, I, I think Missouri wins this game because Ohio State's not going to be like the Buckeyes this season. Um, he, uh, The head, head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, expects everybody on the team to be available. Um, so uh, they're going to be a full-strength team. Ohio State doesn't really care. They've been let down, you know, again, playing in uh, – last year they got – into the playoff, they backed into the playoff this year. Now they're going to a game that they're probably not going to care about being there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Missouri in this one. Uh, I will say Missouri 27, Ohio State 13. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was never that impressed with McCord and haven't really seen much of this Devin Brown guy who's, they say he's probably going to start. I've heard he's pretty good. And uh, I don't know who's going to run the ball for uh, Ohio State. Chip Trainum and Mayan Williams are not going to play. Travion Henderson, they said he's coming back next season, but I don't know what that means for this game. Uh, uh, Yeah, if he's coming back for next season, I imagine he plays. So Yeah, and then... uh. Ibuka said he's playing, which is a pretty big win for them. So I'm actually going to go with Ohio State in this one. Okay. Ohio State, 27, Missouri, 17. That's not a big fan of Missouri. I don't know. They've never impressed me too much. I'm just going on the sheer motivation. I think yeah. they'll be motivated to win. Ohio State won't care. I think there'll be some guys on Ohio State that might want to stick it to McCord. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, all right, let's get over to the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, this is Saturday, December 30th at 12 p.m. Uh, Penn State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Ole Miss. Um, 
yeah, the line's still three and a half. Uh, I think Ole Miss is mostly intact. Uh, the big name for Penn State that's out is Chop Robinson. He opted out. Um, there have been a few other guys that have said they are going to the NFL, um, like Theo Johnson, but he has said he will play the game. Um, and a couple other guys are the same way. So I, I think uh, we're mostly at full strength. Um and it's, it's a strength-on-strength strength game. You know, Ole Miss is an offensive-oriented team versus our, you know, stellar defense. Yes, we'll have a, um, you know, we'll have some interim guys in there. Uh, Tom Allen will be obviously coaching in this, but he will be, like called a Nick, he has been part of the practices. I would imagine Tom Allen will come in here in the next couple of days and start viewing practices and things and start getting ready for next season. Yeah, that's finally hold up is that uh... – no, no, Manny Diaz. Yeah, that's uh, that also gives me some pause too, but I'm rolling with the Nittany Lions in this one. I think they will get the job done. Um, I don't like Ole Miss's defense that much. I think they, I think uh, they're just more offensive oriented team. They're going to be really good next season. Right now, they've been pulling out some guys out of the portal, and so they're going to get even better. Um, so they were 10-2 and two this season. They're going to try, you know, they're aiming for an uh, 11-win season. Uh, Penn State's going for their fifth 11-win season under James Franklin. So there's a lot to still play for um, for both teams. I think both teams will be highly motivated to win here. And, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with my heart here. I pick Penn State in a close one. Uh, Penn State 27, Ole Miss 24. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Penn State as well, reluctantly, but I'll go with them. It's not, I don't know, I'm just, granted, it's just the D coordinator, and like you said, I mean, the other guys will still be around for this game at least, so there should be some continuity there, I would hope. So I'll go with Penn State. I think the defense will be all right. They might not play as good as they typically do, so I'll give Ole Miss a few points there. So I'll go Penn State 35, Ole Miss 31. All right. Uh, Going on to a near six bowl game that I don't care to watch, Uh, Monday, January 1st at 1 o'clock. It's on the same time another game I don't care. Citrus Bowl, Iowa, Tennessee. Uh, this Fiesta Bowl is terrible. Oregon versus Liberty. Ugh. Um, the Ducks are 17 and a half point favorites in this one. I mean, Liberty was, I think their strength of schedule was the worst in Division or FBS football this year. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they're undefeated, but yeah, yeah. And Oregon, and neither team has a lot of opt-outs here um, so far. Uh, Bo Nix is going to play in the game. I don't think Liberty has a chance. Um, so in this one, I'm going Oregon big. Uh, Oregon 45, Liberty 10. Again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Slight bit more respect than that, I guess. But, yeah, I don't think Liberty has a shot in this one. I mean, if you're only getting a few opt-outs for Oregon and guys that aren't going to play, they run deep enough where they can just fill those gaps without missing a beat. So I'll go uh, go Oregon 38, Liberty 20. All right, all right, the last two games, the playoff games, let's get to them. Uh, we have the Rose Bowl is the first semifinal. January 1st at 5 p.m., Michigan, a one-and-a-half-point favor over Alabama. Corey, who's going to win this one? Uh, this is a tough one. Let me get it up here. I just uh, I don't know, I have a lot of trouble um, picking against Saban. 
So that's one one issue that I have. And I'm not sold on Harbaugh in big games. Uh, he hasn't won a bowl game since his first season, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, sadly, I think uh, Alabama's going to be out for blood, and they're going to want to, you know, kind of show that they deserve to be there in that Florida State, and they feel kind of slighted that everyone was uh, so upset about it. So I think Alabama, that's who I'm going to pick. As far as a score, this is one of those games. I don't like Alabama's quarterback play, but I don't like Michigan's chances of really running the ball at all. So I feel like this is going to be one of those low-scoring, crappy-to-watch games, too, even though the, both teams are really good. So I'll go Alabama. 21, Michigan, 17. Yeah, I, I agree with you for all those reasons. I, I just see Alabama wanting to prove that they belong there. Um, Michigan, while this is their third straight year in the playoff, I think they fail again. I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting them to fail. I, a lot yeah. of people that don't like Alabama, but just – with everything that's happening with Michigan and you know, they want them to lose this game. Um, so, but I'm, I'm just, just based on talent alone. And yeah, I don't think, yeah, Michigan's going to be tough sledding and they, they did, you know, we talked about it throughout the season that Michigan took a step back in their rushing attack this year. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be hard for them to run against Bama. Um, yeah, so I'll go with the Tide. Uh, what did you say? 21-17, I think? Yeah. Um, it's one of those unfortunate ones where it's like two good teams playing and it just ends up being a stinker game to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go a little bit higher than that. But I, yeah, I'll go Bama 27, Michigan 20. Yeah, that will set up a... Alabama versus who? A rematch? Texas or a new team against Washington? Those two will meet in the Sugar Bowl that same night. Texas is a four-point favorite. You know what we didn't talk about last time? What do we think about our buddy, Texas guy? How do you think he feels right now? Oh, that guy is living, living large. <laughs> I'm sure. Assuming he's still alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do, how do you see uh how do you see this one playing out so this one will actually i think be the one to watch between the two i think we'll see some a lot of scoring in this game i'm kind of struggling let's say texas is a four and a half point favorite mm -hmm. i see four four and a half yeah yeah which i don't know I, I mean, Washington beat Oregon twice, and Oregon's a pretty damn good team. So I'm going to go with Washington in this one. It'll be kind of a shootout. I'm going to go Washington, 42, Texas, 35. Yeah, I like Penix. I like him as a quarterback. I mean, I like what Texas has done this year. They are, you could say that Texas is finally back, um, but I think they lose this one too. Um, I'm going to go Washington as well. I will take them in a, yeah, a, maybe a little bit less scoring game. Um, I think you said Texas, you said Washington 42, Texas 35. Yeah. And I will go uh, Washington 38, uh, Texas 31. Yeah, I think this is, of the two uh, semifinals, this is definitely the must watch. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, it's later in the in the day. I wish it was a little bit because I got to get to work the next day. Unfortunately, but um, I'll I'll try to stay up and watch as much as I can. Yeah, you work from home and be alright. Well, actually, I got to go down to Maryland that week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Big mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, should be good bowl season. I'm looking forward to it. We only differed here in two games, so those will be the deciders: <laughs> the Cotton Bowl and the Music City Bowl. All right.
Um, but our next episode will be after the Bulls um, except, and, you know, leading up to the national championship game. So we'll get some actual football talk then, uh, how the games went. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, to all our listeners, have a happy holiday season. Corey, you have a good Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, thanks. You too. And we'll uh, talk to you in a few weeks after bowl season. Sounds good.